Unconventional advice would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land, past, present and emerging. This podcast respects and acknowledges the Ningaloo's traditional owners, Yinikatira people and their predecessors who have lived here for the last 30,000 years and likely much longer. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. This is Unconventional Advice with Ricky Farrelly, the podcast that helps you navigate your 20s and everything that life throws at you. It's real life university where we talk money, career, relationships, and all the crazy shit in between. Your 20s is a fucking wild time, and let's be honest, no one has a clue what they're doing. So, before we get into it, just a disclaimer, I'm not a professional, every topic discussed is purely based off my personal experience and opinions, and if you're really struggling or need some serious advice, please seek the help of a professional because that is definitely not me. Now, let's get into it. Before we get started today, I just wanted to say a massive thank you to Astoria Activewear for partnering with the pod. So Astoria Activewear is a lifestyle brand that always will bring you quality activewear to empower you to reach your goals. Guys, I'm not kidding. Every time I wear their activewear, I get so many compliments. I was walking with Philly the other day and I had two people ask me where I got my activewear from and he was like, what the hell is going on? So, you know, if you want a little bit of attention, if you want people to look at you and go, wow, you look super hot, definitely go and check out Astoria Activewear. They just have the cutest little sets. They've got a really cute cherry one, which is absolutely amazing. And you can wear it out to brunch. It's not just for exercise. And they also have some really great plain activewear, which has the best quality. So we're super lucky today to have an ongoing discount code, Unconventional Advice 15 at the checkout for 15% off. And I believe that you can also use that on top of the other promotions that they have running. So go and check out Astoria Activewear. The link will be in the bio and use the discount code Unconventional Advice 15 for 15% off. about moving away making the big step moving out of your hometown making the big leap and just how it can positively impact your life as you can probably tell by this episode title I have my partner Phil on and the reason I really wanted to do this episode is because I think there's a lot of people and I know Brisbane is known for it but everyone just stays in their hometown for their whole life and pretty much just settles down, takes a few trips to like Europe or America or whatever and literally just stays there. And people think I'm crazy. Like when I told people that I was moving to the Gold Coast by myself when I was 19, people thought I was actually crazy. And then I did it and now I'm living in WA and I've had the most amazing experiences. This is why I'm getting Phil on today and a few of my other friends so that If you are thinking about moving somewhere new or getting out of your hometown, that there is actually so much amazing stuff that can happen from it. So I obviously moved from Brisbane to the Gold Coast, which I've talked about before, and now we're living in Exmouth. 
My partner, Phil, has moved from a really small town called Carafa in WA, and then he moved to the Gold Coast by himself. Again, like didn't know anyone, and now he has moved to Exmouth with me to pursue his career. So I'm going to get Phil on, and he's going to tell you about the move and how it positively impacted his life. So here's Phil. Hey, Ricky. Yeah, thanks for having me again. Thanks for that beautiful introduction. So, yeah, I moved from uh, Karatha when I was 24. Um, obviously, it was to the Gold Coast to pursue my dreams in becoming a pilot. I actually never really thought it would actually happen, to be honest. Um, I was pretty comfortable in Karatha. I had a good job. And uh, I did prepare myself. But the thing that made the big leap over was me actually getting into the flight school or getting accepted into the intake. So once I got that email, I looked at it and that's when I was like, geez, okay, now I actually do have to make a very serious call to make the jump over to the other side of Australia, which obviously I did. At the time, it was, you know, my mum, my parents, uh, my mum didn't know what to believe. She thought I was joking, as I do joke a lot. So she thought it was a bit of a joke, but then, yeah, obviously started packing and uh, she was like, oh, what? Okay, here we go. She wasn't really happy at the time. She's seen me had a comfortable job and yeah, but no, she's happy now. But yeah, I decided the Gold Coast because I thought it'd be a nice little change instead of going to Perth. It'd be really enjoyable to fly around there, which it was, but I did move there with three suitcases. Stayed in an Airbnb for one week until I found accommodation, which I was looking on flatmates for accommodation. And that's kind of what got me out of my comfort zone was to go on flatmates and meet new people and hopefully hope for the best. It was good fun. So, so how did you actually meet friends? Like, obviously, you moved there and you didn't know anyone. How did you actually meet new people and how did you get into certain friend groups like did you find it hard yeah so at this age i guess i was 24 at the time still young 28 still young as well but um yeah when you're an adult and you leave school a lot of people still hang out with their little friend group or work crew and uh noticing going to a whole new city was pretty hard to find some friends if you didn't play any sports or um, didn't go to school there so it was a bit hard at the start, but what made it easy was I was at flight school and the people I met there were amazing. They were all in the same boat. At the same time, a lot of people moved from other places. So I kind of just became friends with a lot of them. We all hung out. And then as the time went on, I did start to play football as well and met some footy mates. And I think sport is a huge factor in making friends. That's because it's something you like and everyone's got the same interest in it. So it does help a lot. I so agree. Like you have to kind of put yourself out there when you first move. Like when I first moved to the Gold Coast, I literally had like I had no friends at all. And the way you have to do it is literally just like I think when you're in your hometown, you wouldn't just like meet someone and then be like, oh, like actually, do you guys want to go out for like a drink after work or something? You don't usually say that because you've got your own friend group. But when you move somewhere new, you have to put yourself out there and you have to say that kind of stuff. And that's what gets you friends. And that's how I met so many of my friends in my like PT course and work. And I'd just be like, hey, do you guys want to like maybe do this after work or do this on the weekend? And some people were like a little bit reluctant at first, but then they're like, oh, actually, yeah, okay. And then you end up becoming like really good friends. 
And that's the same situation like when we moved to Exmouth. Obviously, I had no idea. I'd never met anyone. I'd never even been to Western Australia before. And Exmouth is like a really rural community in WA. And I've like really struggled at first to try and meet people. But then when I was at work, I kind of just like started asking some of the girls, hey, like, what about we go for a drink after work? Or like the first, I think it was the first three weeks that we'd moved, I had my birthday. And so I was like, oh, I wouldn't usually do this, but I put myself out of my comfort zone and I invited everyone from work to my party. And that's where I made a lot of friends. Two people showed up. No, <laughs> no, I actually had a really good turnout. <laughs> Probably more people than I would have on the Gold Coast, to be honest. But yeah, it was really like it actually takes a lot of effort and you have to really put yourself out there, but it is so, so worth it. So I kind of want to talk about moving to Exmouth now. So when we both moved to the Gold Coast, we like it does take a while. And I think, what do they say? Like, is it the first three months or the first six months of moving to a new place? I think it's the first three months. You are pretty much bound to hate it because you don't know anyone. You don't know. You don't have a routine. But after you push past that like three months, you get to have a routine. You get to know the place that you live in. You've probably made some friends or like some really good like work colleagues and acquaintances. When we first moved here, we had like so many friends back on the Gold Coast and it was so hard to leave. But again, I knew like I had grown so much from moving to the Gold Coast, even though that was like two hours away from my hometown. But I just knew that I had so much more growth to do. So I was really reluctant at first when Phil suggested that we go to Exmouth for his pilot career. But when we did, I was like, wow, I'm so glad we did this because I feel like I've already grown so much as a person. And I think it's good to do this like every few years or even just go on a holiday and just every few years like by yourself or something just to like really push yourself and get yourself out of your comfort zone. So, Phil, when we moved to Exmouth, how did you feel again? Just like you just settled down into the Gold Coast, like you'd made some really good friends. We had a routine there. How did you feel moving from the Gold Coast to Exmouth? Did you struggle at the start? Um, well, to be honest, look, Exmouth isn't too far from Carrutha. It's only like five hours just up the road. So I knew what we were in for. Obviously, I've been to Exmouth before and I knew it was a small town. I was more worried about you and what you'd think, but I knew I'd have to give you some time to settle in and then I knew you'd enjoy it. You know, as I say, West is best. It is a hidden gem and that's what you found about Exmouth. But I do say once you get a job and then you have all your work friends and it does make it much easier to get along with everyone and of course take you on a lot of adventures around here and then you get to actually see what it's all about. And yeah, I guess you're enjoying it now, but yeah, I think I was more worried about you, to be honest. Oh, that's pretty cute. (laughs) No, I did hate it though for the first three months, but then I literally love it now. So is there any advice that you would have for someone who's maybe like in their hometown and they're just thinking, okay, like, oh, I would love to do this like internship somewhere. And it's like, really far away like what is your tips or what would something you would want to say to someone who's thinking about doing it but is too scared to like leave their family and leave their friends yeah I think um you got to look at it as it's going to be an adventure like you know life is all about having fun nah 
At the end of the day, I reckon the main thing is it's a whole new adventure, a nice little journey that you can set yourself upon. And then like, you know, if it doesn't work out, you can always go back. So that's the main thing. Like you always got something to fall back on. You go try it, see how you go. If it doesn't work out, go back, start again. So yeah, you just got to look at it like that, I guess. Yeah, I think actually that's such a good point is everyone goes and gets really stressed about like, oh, but what if I fail and, you know, what if I don't make it? And it's like, well, that's fine. And you can just move back. You know, it's not really that hard. I guess things are just like materialistic things are just things at the end of the day and you can sell them and you can come back and you can start again. But I think to really push yourself out of your comfort zone and make yourself like a better person and learn who you are, I think it is really important to just go and do it and you will make so many new friends. Trust me, I was really not struggling on the Gold Coast. I had a really great group of friends, but it was hard to make more. And now I've met some amazing people and I don't think I ever would have met these people if I hadn't moved here. And I've literally made some friendships like I've been invited to one of their bridesmaids parties. Like that's literally how close you get with these people. And it is, yeah, it's just such an amazing experience. So I would definitely say you can always fall back on your family and you can always come back to your friends and your family at home. But if you don't take the risk, like you're literally never going to know how amazing the experience you could have had was. This episode of Unconventional Advice is brought to you by Minimade. Minimade was founded on the love of polymer clay. All of their earrings are handmade slowly and in small batches to ensure the best quality. They believe that jewelry is more than just gold and silver. It's a way of self-expression and that comes in all shapes, sizes and colors. Polymer clay is the perfect medium to create something for everyone as its only true limit is the maker's imagination. So whether you're looking for new earrings to go on a night out, date night, or just to match your work outfit, there is everything possible and you can also get your own custom earrings. So thank you to Minimade. We have a discount code today for 10% off. It is unconventional10 at the checkout for 10% off. That's unconventional10 at the checkout for 10% off. The link is in our show notes. Thank you to Minimade for making this episode possible. Okay, so that was Phil and now I have one of my friends, Anna, on and she has a pretty cool experience. So here is Anna. Hi, my name is Anna. I'm 29 and I'm originally from Kansas City, Missouri, which is in the United States. And I now live in Exmouth, Western Australia, which is kind of crazy to say. Uh, I feel like my 16-year-old self wouldn't even believe it now if I knew what I was doing. But um Yeah, so the story of how that came to be. I grew up all normal, never left my country. I was in college and I was just about to graduate. I have a bachelor's degree in psychology with an emphasis in legal issues. I thought that, you know, when I finished school, I was going to work in the court system and help kids in child protective services and things like that. So I was rounding up my time at school. I was actually working at a detention center when I was finishing up. And then I just was getting close to the date and just kept thinking about what my life is going to look like and that the young adventurous part is like coming to an end. So just this simple concept of how big the world is and that, you know, you only live once and you're only going to get one chance to see as much of it as you can. 
And the fact that I hadn't seen any of it, it just really, really started to bother me. And, and it just gave me this horrible feeling to know that that was what my life was going to look like and that I wasn't going to do any of these things because I didn't even have a passport at the time. I was 24 and I, and I did not have a passport. So I just, in a split decision, thought, okay, that's it. Like, this is bothering me. This is what I'm going to do. I had no plans. I had no ideas. So I graduated, I finished school, and then at my college graduation party back at home, I took my mom downstairs and um, after a few beers, and I told her, you know, this is what I wanted to do. And I asked, can I live with you for a year and save up money and then just go? And um, we both cried. I mean, she said yes, but we both cried together downstairs during my graduation party because... She just always knew that I was never going to stay. And she had told me, you know, when we were sharing this moment that when I had walked across the stage to grab my diploma, that my dad had leaned over to her and said, I, I just hope you realize that she's not going to stay. No one knew that this was what I was going to do. And, and I didn't know this was what I was going to do, but it's what happened. So I got a job in my field. I worked for a beautiful non-for-profit organization, helping families and kids in need. And I did that for about a year and a half. I had an amazing boss who was actually an immigrant from Greece. And she was such an advocate for me. I, I told her from the beginning that this is what I was going to do and this is what was going to happen. And so she was such a supporter of me. But just because I said I was going to leave the country, that's great. But what was I going to do and where was I going to go? So I decided the first country I should probably go to, I should probably know someone. So I decided to go to Taiwan because my college roommate was from Taiwan. We shared lots of Christmases and Thanksgivings and holidays in America together. So we were really close. And so I decided I was going to do six weeks in Taiwan. And then as far as Europe went, there was just too many countries to choose from and too many languages. And so I just picked Australia. I was like, that's a big area. I know they speak English, but besides that, I knew nothing. I knew that there was kangaroos and koalas. I knew what I'd seen in Finding Nemo. But other than that, my information on Australia was basically zero. So I just went to Google and I found a working holiday visa and applied for one, paid for one, easy as, and off I went. And so it was really emotional when I left for a lot of my friends and family. I just remember not being very scared. I, I don't know if that's young and being naive and just not knowing what you're walking into, but I just, I was like so excited and so ready to do this. I just think if you find your path and you get that feeling like you should always follow that through always. And so this was, I just didn't have a single bad thought about it. So I went to Taiwan. I had an amazing time. And on my last couple of days there, I actually met some guys from Perth and I didn't know what Perth was. I didn't know where it was in Australia. I was originally flying to Melbourne. And so the day before I was flying to Melbourne, we went to a music festival in Taiwan. We met these guys from Perth and they offered, you know, if, if I ever wanted to, I could stay with them in Perth and see that side of the country. And so I said, okay. And one of them is actually one of my very, very best friends to this day. He has come to America with me, met my family. We've traveled six countries together, I think it is now. So yeah, it was just one of those random, crazy coincidences. And I just remember at that festival, after it was done, we all jumped into the ocean because it was right on the beach, this festival. And I just remember looking at the stars and thinking like, I'm swimming in the ocean in Taiwan right now, looking at the stars with all these people that I didn't know, you know, 72 hours ago. And then it was just one of those magically surreal, I made the right call moments. And so I went to Melbourne for six weeks and I did that and then ended up going over to Perth. And I, I just had the most amazing friend group there. I really thrived in Perth. But then at the end of a working holiday visa, you need to have at least 88 days of work in a rural area in order to apply for another one. 
and I was just so not done here. So I had heard a few people talk about Exmouth going on like different tours and things like that. And so I thought, okay, like maybe I'll jump up there. I heard it's a backpacking town. So I went in February with no accommodation, no plan, no idea. Uh, I got dropped off by the bus. It was 49 degrees outside and there was no one here. So if, if you know anything about Exmouth, it's very seasonally based. And in February is the hottest month and the quietest month. And I just walked in blind. So I went straight down to the pot shot. I was on the phone with my friends telling them to come pick me up. They dropped me off in the wrong town. I'm in a ghost town. Went straight to the bar and just begged for a job. And um, they took a shot on me. And so they said, okay, come on on Friday. You're going to work from 5 p.m. to 1 a.m. See you then. Whatever. And then that's how it all started for me. So I worked at the pub and then maybe a month into my work, I'd made a lot of good friends. I'd moved in with a couple of people that were working there. Uh, and then I was sitting at the bar with a friend and all of a sudden these random guys came and sat at our table and um, started hitting on us, whatever. And, and I just said, yeah, sure, I'll go to your party tonight, knowing I, I wasn't going to. And then the next day I was at work and the guy came back in and he said, you didn't come to my party last night. We're having another one tonight and all your friends from here are coming, so you should come. And long story short, that is now my fiance. So we ended up dating. I went home for six months and told my parents, I met this guy. I'm going to stay. And I just, I wish I would have now, thinking back, maybe considered my parents a little more in this decision to stay. But I just, in all honesty, I just didn't. I was just young. I think I was 25, maybe turning 26 at the time. And I was just like, yep, this guy's cute. I don't know what it is about him, but I really got to see him again. So I'm just going to move down there. I don't know for how long. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know if I'll come back. And I remember all my mom's friends were just like, how can you let her go? How can you say that this is okay? And, and she was, my mom is just my number one cheerleader and advocate. And I'm so grateful for it. And she just would look at them and just, why would I stop her? Like, why would I tell her no? What would, what would be the point in that? And so she let me go. And I went and then I met up with Sam in Bali. We had this great vacation. We came back to Australia, met his family, more friends. We came home. And then like two months later, COVID happened. And I thought I was going to see my family within the year. And then COVID happened and we were stuck here for three years, just about. So I didn't get to see my family until this last Christmas. I finally got to go home and see them for the first time in years, which was crazy. But in those three years, I've really found myself here. I found incredible work, incredible friends. I'm a godmother now. I'm engaged to my partner. We're planning a wedding. We're looking to buy a house. And so it was just like, I remember I was with one of my really good friends and we were driving home from the west side, which is in Exmouth, and it's just this beautiful range and ocean and where the desert meets the sea. And I just remember we were talking and I was saying, this is the place that I always wanted, but never knew that this was what I wanted. But I'm, I'm so glad I have it. And I just never imagined this life for me. I never imagined living somewhere that didn't have shopping centers and cinemas and didn't speak the same way that I speak and all these things. Like I just never thought that was in the cards for me. And now I look back on it and it's like, I'm just so grateful for taking that chance and grateful for not sitting down and thinking too hard on if this is right or if it's wrong or, you know, the responsibilities that people tell you and the way you're supposed to live your life. I'm so glad that I just never gave it a bar and that I just took this shot and I made these choices because now that I'm here, I just am in awe and I'm grateful. And so if you're on the fence about leaving your hometown or you're scared about not seeing your parents all the time, there's always FaceTime. Your friends will always be there if they're your true friends. You know, it's, it's better to have friends all over the world than in just one spot. So I highly encourage anyone that is thinking about moving from their hometown, even just for a month, 
even just for a year, however long, you just don't know where you're going to end up and who you're going to meet and where you're going to be in life. And so I just highly encourage to keep traveling. We've got our own trips. We've, you know, continued to travel after COVID. We've got more trips lined up within the coming year. So we're not, we're not done by any means, but I've definitely found my home. So I hope that this was on the right track for the subject. I hope that someone can take something from my story or, you know, find it as that little confidence push that they need to make a choice they wouldn't typically make. And that's me. So thanks everyone. Have a good day. Bye. Oh, I love Anna so much. She's literally one of my favorite people. I love that she literally just moved across the country and she was like one of the most important people that I wanted on this podcast because she literally just did a degree, did all the stuff that you're supposed to and then just went, fuck it. You know what? I'm actually going to live how I want to. And now I see her like every day. She's my boss and she is literally just like so happy and you can just tell that yeah she just loves life and yeah I think it's just like she's the most important person to get on this podcast if you ever think like oh maybe I do want to move literally just do it just bloody do it the next person I've got on is the OG of the podcast I've got Georgia we all know I just love getting her on she's my fave and yeah I don't really have to say much more but here she is Hey guys, my name's Georgia. Um, I've been on Ricky's podcast a couple times already, but today talking about getting out of my comfort zone, it's kind of two things, but kind of the same thing. So I went to Europe by myself recently for two months, which was crazy. But the biggest thing was probably I went to a festival in Spain by myself, which is just very unlike me. Like I I like doing things by myself, but, you know, going to festivals generally isn't one of them, especially in a different country. But I think that's what kind of gave me the confidence to do it because I was like, nobody's going to know me here. And yeah, so it was four days. And the first day I went by myself, I went pretty sober just so I could sauce out the venue and like make sure I could make my way around because it was like really big venue. And then... It was actually kind of fun because I could just go wherever I wanted to go. When you're in the mosh, nobody can really tell you're by yourself anyway, or they're all too drunk to care. So I didn't really mind about that. And then the other three days, I ended up meeting people. The second day, a girl I had met in Europe, she came with me just for the day. So that was really cool. And then the third day, I was on the metro to the festival and I met these two girls who were also going and we literally spent the whole night together. We didn't leave until 6am. So that was really cool. Felt like we were best friends after that. And then the fourth day, I went alone and I met up with this guy and his friend and we spent the rest of the night together, which was cool. And I ended up going back to their place afterwards. It was kind of awkward because they were all locals and all speaking Spanish and I was just sitting there like not understanding a word. (laughs) And honestly, that was like more out of my comfort zone than the whole festival by myself. Anyways, yeah, so I had so many people say to me, you know, like, I can't believe you went by yourself. Like, that's so unlike you. Like, that's so cool. Like, I admire that. And I was like, oh, thanks, guys. But yeah, that honestly is really unlike me. But I think it was a really good choice. And it was so much fun. And just going to Europe or going overseas in general by myself was 
very out of my comfort zone. I was literally bawling my eyes out the day that I was leaving because I was so scared, mainly for the flight. I really hate flying and you know how long the flight to Europe is. So that was just so anxiety inducing for me. I ended up getting Valium from my doctor and I didn't end up taking it with me because Dubai is very strict about medication apparently and I didn't want to get arrested. (laughs) So I took three before I got on my flight and then gave the rest to my parents and yeah, just free-balled it. Oh no, it was the best time ever. Yeah, I'm glad I did it. It was very out of my comfort zone but I think it's where you grow and... I made some of the best memories of my life. So yeah, definitely do it. And something my psychologist told me is like, even if you're scared, just do it scared because you're not always going to feel ready to do something, especially if it's outside of your comfort zone. Everything inside of you is going to be telling you not to, like the fearful side, the anxiety side, but you just got to do it anyways. And I think that's when you get the biggest rewards out of things. And even though it's hard, it's worth it. All right. Bye. Okay. So that was everyone. I hope you enjoyed those stories. And I guess I did mention mine before, but I, yeah, I really wanted to do this podcast just so that If you feel like you really need to get out of your comfort zone or you want to and you're just a little bit scared, I hope some of those stories have inspired you, even if it's literally like what George did and she did go to Europe by herself as well, which is a massive thing. But even if it's just, yeah, going to a festival by yourself, like start small or even like going to dinner by yourself and doing things by yourself, getting out of your comfort zone because there's so many amazing things that can happen. And I think that especially when you do travel and traveling is a massive thing or moving, it can really change you. And I just from my personal experience and also talking to a lot of my friends, I just know that there's such a positive impact it can have on your life. So I really hope you guys enjoyed this. Talking about getting out of your comfort zone, I have talked a little bit about it, but I'm studying dental nursing at the moment and I'm about to go and do my placement. So unfortunately, I have to do unpaid placement. Love that for healthcare. I have to go and do three months of unpaid placement. So I am moving to Perth and hopefully we will be back in Exmouth, but there's a lot going on at the moment. I'm planning a trip with my best friend at the moment. Hopefully we'll be going to like Vietnam and stuff and doing a little bit of backpacking. But again, that is me getting out of my comfort zone, which is another thing like getting out of my comfort zone with my career. I feel like I'm always doing that. Even going back to being a barista after a little while, like definitely was out of my comfort zone because I hadn't done it. But I'm so glad I did. And now I've been studying dental nursing. And that's something that I think I have a little bit of imposter syndrome about starting it and feeling like I'm not smart enough for it. But I am, I push myself and I'm going to go and do my placement. And then I have one more year and I will be a um, dental nurse and dental radiographer. So very, very exciting. But in saying that, I have so much on my plate right now. I have to take a little break from the podcast. I love doing this podcast as well. And I'm hoping that by the time I start this next year, I might be back in Exmouth or will be somewhere else. 
and I will have met even more people that I can get on the pod and have some really fun and really exciting interviews. So I'm really excited and yeah, I think I will be back sometime next year and I'm not sure when, but I definitely have to prioritize my career right now and Hopefully when I'm back, I'll have some really cool people to talk to and some really fun interviews. Meanwhile, I obviously have a massive backlog of podcasts now. I think I have like, it's like 18 or something. So there's heaps of them to listen to. And I would also recommend if you do like podcasts, I would recommend Shameless. They are one of my favorite podcasts. I also like listening to Morbid. It's a true crime podcast. So that one's a really good one. And I also do enjoy the Abby Chatfield podcast as well. So yeah, if you guys want to listen to other podcasts that are really interesting, I would definitely recommend those. And then you can go back and listen to mine as well. But I will definitely be back. I just need to take an extended break so that I can get my life in order and go and do a little bit of traveling. And hopefully I can come back with some really fun stories and fun experiences to share as well. But thank you so much for listening to another season of Unconventional Advice. I hope you've enjoyed it. I've really enjoyed creating this one and I'm really stoked with all the interviews that we've done. And yeah, thanks so much for the support, guys. I know that there's like a lot of people who listen every time I put out a new episode, like within the first few hours. So thank you so much for supporting me and I will definitely be back. And you can also contact me through the Unconventional Advice Instagram as well. All right, guys, thank you so much and I will see you next year.